Hey Siri, play Social Geek Radio. Okay, Social Geek Radio podcast coming up. Hello geeks and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing consigliere. It's Franchise Friday with the return of Dina Dwyer Owens. Today's show is brought to you by Exalts and ServiceMinder. ServiceMinder is the platform for managing and operating home services brands, from tracking marketing efforts to delivering professional online proposals directly to clients, to lead capture, to automating daily tasks. ServiceMinder provides unique tools and integrations designed to make your brand stand out from competitors. See why ServiceMinder currently supports more than 50 home services franchise brands and integration partners. Book a demo today at serviceminder.io. Dina Dwyer Owens is a motivational speaker and author. Her books include Live Rich and Values, Inc. She's the former CEO, board member, and chairwoman of one of the largest franchise companies in the world, Neighborly. Dina, welcome back. How are you? I am great, Jack. Happy to be back. I'm so glad you're back. You know, we're I think we're spending a, a good chunk of this year uh, getting back in touch and having a bit of a reunion with some of our friends from the past before everything changed over the past couple of years. So it, it's great to uh, to hear you again. It's great. It was great to see you at the IFA just a, a couple of weeks ago. And congratulations, by the way, on being this year's IFA Hall of Fame award winner. That's a, That's a small class of people you just joined. Oh gosh, jacket! It still feels so weird. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't feel doesn't feel real, you know, to be included amongst these. Gosh, these champions of franchising! I'm I am humbled and honored. Thank you. Well, it was well earned. We we don't like to say an award you won. It's it's an award you earned, and uh, everybody was. Uh, just thrilled to see you at IFA again this year. And we really wanted to catch up on some of the other things that you've been working on over the past year or so. I know you still speak to a lot of companies and organizations and groups about values, sort of your your signature line, I think, or your, your signature topic. Um, for a lot of the brands that may have just joined franchising or or maybe they just started over the past couple of years and they're still trying to figure out what their plan is and what their roadmap is what kinds of advice are you giving people like this on how to define their own values and how to share those values gosh that's the uh, the thing i love to talk about most jack as you know um my advice is uh, number one you've got to to know who you are you know what's most important to you what are your values uh, what keeps you on track, you know, and moving forward in the right direction? And if you're running an organization, um, especially um, be clear about your values because they, they end up serving as a foundation for your success, um, as long as you implement them properly. So to, to kind of just do a, a quick story of how I would advise people um, to implement their values. Number one is um, take the time to, to be clear yourself on what's important to you. What, what are your values in the case of neighborly? Um, you know, we, we say we live rich, and that stands for living with respect, integrity, customer focus, and having fun in the process. 
And then below each one of those values, we have, you might call them sub-values or accountability statements, but things like speaking calmly and respectfully without profanity or sarcasm. Mm-hmm. You know, the trades of businesses, that's, it's, re- it's important in business, period. But in the trades businesses, it's exceptionally important because you're going into customers' homes and businesses, and, and they don't want to hear people using profanity or being sarcastic with uh, their, their team members or staff. So I, I, the first step is really to know who you are and what's most important to you. And, um, yeah, they can read the Leverage book or the, the Values, Inc. book, or we'll talk about later going to my website, and, and there's a, a free Create Your Culture download that, to get kind of the six steps to doing this if you're not familiar with it. But the, the next part is is making sure that your, your team, or in the case that maybe you're not running a team, but you're, you know, you're leading a family at home, is to make sure there's alignment of those values that your, your organization, your team members, even if it's in a department, maybe you don't run the company, but you're running development or you're running operations and they're giving you the leeway to really lead that department, you know, have alignment amongst your team members. I mean, you got to hire, <laughs> be sure you're hiring people who are aligned with those values. You want a diverse group of people on your team, but you want them to be aligned in the values, Jack, that's just critical. And then the, the next thing I would say is to test your values, you know, just to make sure that people are really committed to living up to those. And one of the fun ways we did that early on in the 1990s, it seems so long ago, was <laughs> we, we played a, a game. We, we played a game, Jack. We just gamified the values. And we, we told our team, anytime you, you know, catch one of the executives violating one of the values, just give us a, a verbal beep. So it was silly, um, but the employees loved the idea of catching us doing something wrong. <laughs> so you might be walking down the hallway and yeah, and let's just stick with the profanity thing. And somebody uses profanity and a, uh, an associate would just go beep and hopefully you wouldn't go, Shh, you know, and say the wrong word again. <laughs> yeah. There'd be but a lot of beeping if I was in that meeting, unfortunately. Oh, so. you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> and that there, there was, I will tell you, it was embarrassing. Um, there was so much beeping that went on particularly around that, that value or accountability statement. And so um, it brought awareness to where we had an opportunity to improve. And people who I, they were close to me who I wasn't sure could really get rid of the profanity issue cleaned up their act. It yeah. was just amazing because they were leaders and they said, look, I'm, I'm asking my team members to do this. How can I possibly require it of them when I'm not willing to lead by example? So um, test your values. And that, that's uh, one way that we tested them. And, and today, I bet if you walked around the, the neighborly campus with some of the, the team members who were there during the beep game, you might occasionally hear a beep and you know, people just kind of giggle about it, but it's a great reminder. Yeah. Once or twice with the beeping could be funny, um, get a laugh or two out of that. But after a while, I, I think people would start to think, Oh, I'm, I'm the person that's getting beeped at the most. Right. So uh, right. I, I, I do need to clean up my act here. And I do want to mention if, if anyone has not had a meeting with anyone at neighborly or uh, Dina back when, when I would get together with you and your team um, I've never seen an organization really implement their values the way that neighborly has um, every meeting, every gathering, even including people like me from the outside, we would, we would actually go through the values at the beginning of the meeting. Whereas there are so many organizations out there who their values or their mission statement, remember mission statements, uh, the mission statement was something that someone put on a website five years ago, and then we've kind of 
forgotten about it. But you and everybody at Neighborly really seem to live that and every day, you know, spoke those values out loud. I'm so happy to hear that that's the experience you had because that that was the that was the intention and continues to be the intention under Mike Biddle's leadership is to really keep those values front and center and alive in the organization because that's really what's made the organization special. And you know, if I think about just kind of the big picture of what what's happened with Neighborly as a result of uh, having that foundation of values at its core is there's this level of trust. So, you know, when, when people, you say you're going to, you're going to do something or be something and then you don't do it, you know, who trusts you? Nobody. But when you say, you know, you're striving to, to live these values and then you demonstrate that. And when you make a mistake, you admit it, you know, and you own it. Yeah. Boy, that builds a lot of trust too, doesn't it? And, and with that trust, I, I tease Jack that living rich has created wealth uh, for our organization. And I don't mean that just in, in the way of dollars, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're in business to make a living. Yes, we're in business to make a profit, of course, but it starts with the people. And my experience is when you treat people with great respect and dignity, you leave with your values, um, you create these relationships. Um, you create relationships with your team members, right, where there's a level of trust. And, and so when people trust each other, they're more willing to admit when they made a mistake or they're more open to give honest feedback. And, and that just creates a lot of opportunity for business to really flourish and grow. And then you build relationships with people like you, Jack, you know, where you, where you trust the people of neighborly because of your experience. And then oh, yes. you attract private equity groups, you know, who want to do business with you that are also principled um, professionals. And then that, you know, that just creates this wonderful domino effect of suppliers and new franchisees and franchisees recommending their friends and family because there's this, this trusted relationship that people want to be part of. And so, when I say living rich creates wealth, it creates wealth in relationships first. And those relationships you know, typically translate to financial results. And you don't do it because you're just looking for the, the extra buck. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And yeah. in, my, in my experience, the money always follows, right? When you work hard to do what's right, you have good systems in place and, and, and good strategies in place. Um, it's amazing how uh, the money falls into place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's the... The, the secret that maybe is not so secret anymore is just building the relationships and, and serving others and serving the customers. And the money will happen if you do all of those things. It, 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 will, it will fall into place, as you say. And I'm glad you mentioned customers. I didn't mean to leave them out. But at the end of the day, if the team and the franchisees are doing their best to lead with the values, the customer has an amazing experience. And that yeah. has a wonderful ripple effect as well. I want to talk about something else that um, is an organization or, or part of an organization that really has built up a lot of trust and goodwill over the past 30 years. And I can't believe it's 30 years old now. And that's VetFran. Tell us a little bit about VetFran and the, the origin of VetFran. Oh, gosh, yeah. This, this one does my heart good, too. So <laughs> during the Gulf, yeah, the Gulf War, my father was an Army veteran, and he was on the board of the IFA at the time. And he said, what are we doing you know, to, to say thank you to the men and women of our military who are out there on the front lines protecting our freedom? We would not have this free enterprise system if it weren't for those men and women. And he came up with the idea of uh, VetFran, and it evolved. You know, It's evolved over time. Lots of people have have helped grow it. And I, I give a shout out for John Hayes, who my father, I think, uh, called John uh, one morning after John just like 
early in the morning, got out of the shower, and he says, I got an idea. This is a way we can help veterans. We got to get this done in the next 30 days. He gave him like this very short timeline. And, you know, John Hayes jumped in. He was working for my father at the time. And so it just has turned into this opportunity for participating franchisors. And I know suppliers also participate. There's there's a level for them to participate as well, Mm -hmm. where they're doing something special uh, for the veterans who become part of the organization. In some cases, uh, they're giving a tremendous discount on the upfront franchise fee. Um, Sometimes they're giving uh, discounts on particular supplies that are needed. Um, to become a franchise even organization. And that's an ongoing um, discount that they provide to, to veterans as a way to say thank you. Um, so again, there's so many people who've been involved in, in helping drive VetFran from a very small operation that we would mail out information on participating companies to veterans who had an interest. I think they had to pay a buck. Um, a veteran who wanted more information, they had to pay a buck to our headquarters in Waco so that we could afford to put the pamphlets together and mail it out to them because there was no internet, you know, back in the early 90s. Sure, and, sure. Um, today, it's so much easier because the, uh, yeah, International Franchise Association has really taken ownership of VetFran. And again, so many wonderful leaders that have chaired that task force and made it better. Every year, it just gets better for the veterans. Yeah, and if anybody wants more information on VetFran, The website is vetfran.org. Nice and easy. Uh, Dina, I want to talk a little bit about some of your other projects that you're working on now. I I know you're still speaking to a a lot of different types of groups and um, and you're you're sharing a lot of wisdom and and you're sharing a lot of uh, books and things like that. Tell us what's going on these days. Yeah, so about two years ago, I, I, I transitioned out of the company and intended to have a one-year sabbatical and to do a lot of um, time with family, but also speaking to improve my um, faith walk, you know, really Mm -hmm. digging, digging into doing pilgrimages. In fact, a couple of pilgrimages I had scheduled, of course, got um, canceled because of COVID. Everybody has their COVID stories. So um, that sabbatical um, became different than what I expected. And and so I extended it. and spend lots of time, number one, with, with my three grandkids. So it's been wonderful. My mother's um, aging and has some dementia. So I'm spending a lot of time with her too. But aside from that, I'm involved in a couple of nonprofit organizations. So I'm, I'm not doing a lot of public speaking outside of these few organizations today, um, although I will, I will take on a few speaking uh, opportunities over the next you know, year or two. Um, but Young Catholic Professionals is one that I'm really on fire for right now. And it's a group of folks in their... Uh, mid twenties to, you know, maybe 40, some, some married, some not married, but they're professionals who are just trying to be the best version of themselves. I know that terms being used a lot, but that's really what they're hoping to do. And in the case of young Catholic professionals, they want to bring their faith into the workplace in the way that they treat people. So it's not about pushing their faith in somebody else's face. It's about the way they live and lead their lives, which the whole message of, of living with values just goes hand in hand with that. So I've really, I serve on the board of Young Catholic Professionals, and I'm just so excited about these young people who are our future leaders and how they really want to do uh, what's right uh, by people and th- getting back to the relationship conversation again. So I'm, I'm doing um, a lot of different uh, conversations with them, speaking engagements and, and trying to train them to really get clarity about their values and also to be, be thoughtful and intentional about their futures and what leadership roles you know they're hoping to to be in and how to help them get there through uh, target planning and, and those types of things. So I am teaching a designer life class to this group. 
And I do a little bit of um, radio shows. So I'm on uh, the Sunrise Morning Show on a monthly basis. So, you know, if people go to my website, which I think you'll give them that information later, they'll be able to um, learn more if they're interested in getting more, more information about how to really get clarity of their values and work hard to, to practice those and, and uh, maybe reach out to the people who are doing the same thing. Very good. And we'll have a link to your website in today's show notes so everyone can find it easily. And you were also saying earlier that there are some resources available on the website uh, and, and it's all free just to help people, um, uh, you know, sort of build their culture. Tell us a little bit about what we could see there. Yes. So they'll just go to dinadwyerowens.com. I've got a free Create Your Culture workbook that they can download. So it basically gives the six steps to getting clarity about your values and implementing them. And I'd say that they're simple steps, Jack, but there's really nothing easy about getting clarity about your values. It really, yeah, it takes a lot of quiet time to, to be very clear about those. And I, I try to give some ideas, you know, in, in the workbook, but it really is going to require somebody to get quiet and be very thoughtful about what it is that's most important to them. And if it's in in an organization, of course, you want to include uh, key team members initially um, to go through that process with you and then and then introduce it. But the, the workbook tells you um, the six steps on, on how to do that. And the other thing is a uh, Better Future uh, worksheet. It's simply a one-page worksheet that's got 10 areas of life on it. And it's uh, I find it's very simple. So it gets you to think about what do I need to do in this spiritual area of my life to be better um, the next this next quarter? What do I need to do be- better in the area of my physical um, life um, to be healthier. So it's just a simple one-page worksheet that they can download to just pinpoint those things that they need to to do more of. So it's really creating habits, right? It comes down to mm-hmm. whether it's your values or it's exercise, it's creating good new habits. And I, I say, take those one bite at a time. Don't, don't overwhelm, overwhelm yourself, but, you know, maybe pick one or two things, one professional and one personal that you want to work on and then just go for it. I like that idea of looking at things like that quarterly because, you know, we're used to putting together, you know, revenue forecasts and expenses and everything every quarter and, and kind of mapping out things as we go. So why not, uh, why not include a, a few other, you know, maybe a little bit more personal items in that quarterly planning as well. And all that helps you professionally too. You know, my experience yeah. is when you're better personally, when you're emotionally better, you're physically better, you're spiritually better everything else is better. Yeah. It's kind of like what we were saying earlier. If you, if you're doing things to improve yourself and serve others, everything else is going to fall in line after that. So uh, really look forward to checking out those, those workbooks from your site. And lastly, I know um, you're also doing some, some uh, book giveaways and some other things all across your social channels, which are numerous at this point. Yes. So uh, at the IFA, um, when I was inducted into the Hall of Fame, I, I shared kind of three key virtues that I have learned over the 40 years from so many amazing leaders, Jack, um, in franchising. And those three things were to be more humble, to be more loving, and to be more generous. So over the next three months, I'll be giving some books away, not my books, but I'll be giving some other books away that will help serve folks who are interested in being more generous, more humble, and more loving. So if they'll just pay attention to my social media sites, um, maybe they can be one of the first to grab one of those free books. Excellent. And we will have links to all of those sites on today's show notes as well. So people can uh, stay up to date and maybe grab one of those books when they are available. Dina, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to catch up with you. And we hope to see you again real soon down the road. 
Thank you, Jack. I appreciate all you do for franchising. Before we go, a quick word from today's sponsor, Exults. Creating solutions and driving results for over 15 years, Exults is founded on the foundation of driving results. Recent demand has picked up in the digital human resources and recruiting space, and Exults is driving qualified candidates to clients. Exults also drives digital public relations online, allowing your franchise to control the conversation related to your brand. Learn more at Exults.com. Exults, driving leads, driving results. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. We're here to help you get yourself ready for the comeback of a lifetime. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.